1: everyone and welcome to the show thanks for joining us here today on conscious talk radio that makes a difference and hey we're back into summer meaning we're kind of back into that hot weather again going back up in the 80s in a lot of places some places the 90s so we just want to keep reminding you to keep your pets out of hot cars when you go shopping or go to dinner or whatever it is you do don't leave them in your cars please and don't leave young children in your cars you shouldn't anyway because they're unattended but if you're one who's going to just run in for five minutes or so or ten minutes Think twice about that, please, and don't leave them in hot cars. Yeah,
2: and, you know, we're always warning you about those kinds of things that you eat at picnics and being careful with your food and leaving it out too long in the heat, that kind of thing. But uh, I just saw a note once again on um, organic milk, Mm -hmm. you know, organic milk being the cleanest milk. Uh, Here's the thing Um, with... uh, A majority of samples of conventional retail milk, they've all tested positive for residues of antibiotics, you know, uh, two of which were actually banned by the dairy industry, so uh, banned from dairy production, period. So remember, as we always say, um, uh, you know, eat organic. Make sure it's the only – and with that USDA organic, you know, make sure it's all official – Actually, we always like the California seals the best.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And just want to uh, be be reminded of this as just a quick reminder that we get some emails that people want to delve deeper into Dr. Devana Vidri's sessions that she does here on our show. You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Devonna's teaching and we'll be right back.
0: Welcome to Conscious Talk.
1: Radio that
0: makes a difference. Well, coming up this hour on Conscious Talk. So, can an ancient story from India provide a template for us to grow spiritually through leading a balanced life of mindfulness, service, and compassion, even in today's topsy turvy world? Well, we'll talk to Dina Miriam, author of The Untold Story of Sita, an empowering tale from our time. And we think you'll see the parallels.
1: People that are learning, growing, they're waking up, coming on the show, teaching all of us. And on this show, we learn and grow together, one listener at a time. That listener is you.
2: Well, our special guest today is Dina Merriam, and she's the founder and convener of the Global Peace Initiative of Women, bringing spiritual resources to address critical global challenges such as conflict, social justice. An ecological scarring of the earth. Now, over the years, she's worked to bring greater gender balance and balance between the Abrahamic and Dharma-based religious traditions for a more inclusive interface movement. She has a very long um, bio of accomplishments, um, but what caught our attention uh, in among the books we get, um, certain ones stand out, uh, usually energetically. Um, The one that caught our interest this time was the untold story of Sita, an empowering tale for our time, which uh, Dina wrote. And uh, we're going to find out about that because it's really intriguing.
1: And Dina, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, certainly uh, great to have you. Like I said, really enjoyed your book. Didn't really know anything about Sita. Or um, her partner, which we're going to talk about. But I think we want to start out for our listeners um, to find out a little bit about you. You are a devotee of uh, Paramahansa Yogananda, mm-hmm. and um, maybe you might want to tell our audience who that is, because some people may not know who that is.
3: Yogananda was uh, one of the first teachers to come uh, from India to the to the West, and. He came in 1920, mm-hmm. when there really wasn't much understanding of the Eastern traditions. Um, and he he lived here the rest of his life. He p- passed away in 1952. Uh, and he tried to uh, show the unity between Hinduism and Christianity, the teachings of Krishna and the teachings of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talked about them as being you know, two sides of a coin, really one truth. Um, and he kind of paved the way for the many teachers who came later in the 1960s on, and then the whole growth of the yoga movement and the meditation movement. So he was one of the early pioneers of bringing um, meditation to the U.S. Um, And I I read his book, Autobiography of a Yogi, when I was a freshman in college Mm. and was very taken with him, recognized him immediately as my guru, but he had already left his body. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I wanted to learn meditation and so I connected with his organization, Self-Realization Fellowship, in Los Angeles and and learned some meditation practices and then became an avid meditator um, and student of the the sacred literature of the East, the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads. You know, I read for many years and studied and did my meditation practice. And as I did this, um, I began to have uh, awakened memories of past births. And at first, I didn't know how to integrate this into my, into my current life because um, uh, they were very vivid memories. It wasn't just a vague feeling, oh, I think I lived there. They were very vivid recollections and, you know, brought a lot of uh, uh, the remembrances, remembrances painful things as well as joyful things. hmm and, I, and so, I eventually ended up um, writing all these memories, which unfolded over a period of about 20 years, in a book that I published a few years ago called My Journey Through Time, A Spiritual Memoir of Life, Death, and Rebirth. And I thought I was done. I, I had recalled uh, going back in time several hundred years, over a period of about seven lives, and I began to see, uh, in the process of doing this, I saw patterns unfold. Um, patterns that explained to me why I was doing the work that I was doing explained hmm. to me many things about my personality, and so it all became just this beautiful weaving
1: hmm.
3: of themes and and um, and and um, you know a real sense of direction. And so after the book was done, I was traveling in India, and I went to uh, um, the story of the Ramayana is is one of the foundational stories of India, Raman and Sita. Uh, were were lived about five thousand years ago, and they, they helped to establish the very beginnings of what Indian civilization is. And I'd read the I'd read the Ramayana, the story of their lives when I was in my twenties. But the story is mostly about him, not about her. Mm-hmm. And she's a secondary figure, and is really considered to be the devoted wife of. And I decided to to, to go visit the the temple town where they where he was born. And as I did, uh, I began to have um, a sense of having lived there Mm -hmm. and a sense that that I knew this place and I knew this story. And I meditated on it for many, many months after that. And then the story that's in this book came to me, the untold Mm -hmm. story of of Sita, where I saw myself as a servant in her her kingdom, Mm -hmm. uh, which was um, uh, in the eastern part of India. And um, the story unfolds... uh, uh, of Sita's life, and it's focused on her and not on him, not on Rama. He plays a part in there, but it's really on who she was and the strength that she held and the role she played in the whole story, um, which came at a, at a very important historical time for India. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's how that book came to be. Mm-hmm. I spent, you know, about two or three years, you know, just as more stories coming to me as if I had I had, you know, opened a channel, and these stories were just coming through. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I wonder, um, was that also a, a transitional time, similar to the time we're in now, or was it really at that point a, uh, you know, kind of settled as far as the relationships between males and females?
3: Well, that that was a transitional time mm-hmm. um, in in the. In the Indian context, they see time as going through cycles and with four different stages. I mean, we talk about that too, the, the, uh, the Bronze Age, you know, the, the um, Iron Age. Um, and in, in, in the Indian understanding of time, they were passing from a higher age into a less, less spiritually developed. So in other words, as there was material development, there was a loss of spiritual knowledge. So while we look at it as progress in that cities were being developed, trade was being developed, new agricultural uh, um, uh, uh, ways were being uh, um, spread, they look at that as also a, um, a loss of a certain spiritual knowledge, the need to preserve this knowledge by setting up educational educational institutes. But it was a time of... of, um, of a, um, the greater individuation and separation from nature. And that Mm -hmm. was a critical uh, leap in human development, this sense of moving out of being part of nature and and more of a forest life where you you gather the fruits and you hunt the animals and you're just part of that whole natural web into a sense of you moving out of that. And you're now separate from nature and you can control
1: nature. Yeah. And you know, what's so fascinating about that, Dina, is, of course, we're going to make comparisons to this timing for lots of reasons besides that, but what's so fascinating about it when we're making these, you know, going through these distinct, what I think you guys call yugas, are they yugas? Yugas, yeah. Yugas. From one, you know... Like Iron Age or whatever to another age, where we don't incorporate what we've learned from the previous and bring it forward and then integrate, we sort of jump into a new age and forget about the old, and then go to town around the new age, to the point of where we're saturated with that, and uh, you know, which is what we kind of find ourselves in today—that materialistic age. We are now moving into. Uh, a different yuga, we'll talk to you about that. But it's just fascinating how how we do that, how we don't integrate and take the knowledge from the past and bring it forward and integrate it, but we just kind of, okay, we learned all that, now we're going to learn something new, and it's all about the new. And And it disconnects us, I think, from our deep roots with Mother Nature, with our spiritual selves. There's a disconnection there. And of course, we're seeing that time now. So we're going to get into all of that because this book and this story is so amazing and beautiful and it's so representative, folks, of these times that we're living in. And uh, for me, it was really filled with a lot of hope, too. So we're going to find all that out from Dina. You're listening to Conscious Talk, radio that makes a difference. We're with Dina Miriam. The book is The Untold Story of Sita, An Empowering Tale for our time. We have a lot of questions to ask her. There's a lot of knowledge here to learn, so stay tuned. We will be back after these messages.
4: While summer is the absolute best time for swimming, cookouts, and much anticipated vacations, it's the worst time to endure the pain and embarrassment of unexpected gas and bloating. Bloating oftentimes isn't triggered by how much food you eat, but rather what you eat. Some foods are difficult for your body to break down, and those undigested particles pass into the colon and produce uncomfortable gas bubbles that make your stomach swell and bloat and can even lead to weight gain. Enter your summertime savior, Dr. O'Hara's award winning probiotics an exclusive formula of prebiotics probiotics and postbiotics this probiotic powerhouse helps your body break down food that is challenging to digest so gas and bloating are significantly minimized dr o'hara's probiotics are available in convenient blister packs perfect for traveling Discover the Dr. O'Hira difference for yourself this summer. Look for Dr. O'Hira's probiotics at Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and other fine natural health retailers nationwide. Also available online. What if you
0: could be your own healer? Well, you can unleash your natural healing abilities with the AIM program of Energetic Balancing. This exciting new spiritual technology has been featured in best-selling books like Natural Cures. And in Dr. Wayne Dyer's, there's a spiritual solution to every problem. The AIM program of Energetic Balancing allows you to heal yourself 24 hours a day from anywhere in the world. More than 60,000 people have experienced the AIM program of Energetic Balancing. The novel sanctuary, The Path to Consciousness, walks you through one's journey of self-healing with the spiritual technology. To learn more about energetic self-healing, you can order the novel sanctuary today by calling 877-500-3622. Or request a free AIM information kit. Call 877-500-3622 or visit energeticmatrix.com. Unleash your natural self-healing abilities with the AIM program of Energetic
5: Balancing. Conscious Talk, the real meal deal. The latest trend to hit the store shelves has the whole country buzzing.
0: and to order, go to powersofph.com. That's powersofph.com.
5: Need help getting started with self-help? You came to the right place. Alternative Talk, 1150.
0: And
2: welcome back. You are listening to Conscious Talk. And hey, if you've been a regular listener, then you know what to do. You're, you're on your way to work. You're listening on the radio or you're getting ready for work. This is a morning drive in our hometown of Seattle, And, uh, you know, you miss part of the show because, well, maybe you got to work early or late or, you know, you just can't write down the things that you need. You're distracted in traffic. Just remember ConsciousTalk.net. That's the website. Every guest will have a page. You can listen to the show as many times as you want for free. You can download the podcast for free. And of course, if you're out of out of our area, you can stream it on the Internet. I'm Rob Spears. And I'm
1: Brenda Michaels. And our very special guest today is Dina Miriam. She is the author of The Untold Story of CETA, an empowering tale for our time. She's also the founder and governor of the Global Peace Initiative of Women, um, she has served in the Millennium World Peace Summit and with religious and spiritual leaders. She has a very uh, amazing resume here of the things that she's accomplished. And and Dina, our real interest is in this untold story of Sita. And we sort of set it up for our listeners in the first segment. Um, but maybe you can tell us in a little more detail about Sita and Sri Ram. Who were they? And um, why were they so important in the timing that they were in?
3: Well, you know, India has a, a, a long tradition of, of, of great masters, rishis they're called, who who um, uh, really had tremendous spiritual insight into the nature of the universe, into the nature of life, and laid all this out in, in, in somewhat esoteric ways uh, so that one really needs to have a... Um, a spiritual insight to really get their message. Um, so they they came, were around at the time that Ram and Sita uh, were, were alive, uh, and for thousands of years before, because this is an ongoing tradition in India. They've always been these masters. And Sita and Ram um, uh, were considered to be also enlightened beings, but their role was to set up a society, the social structures Because at at the time, this was early in civilization, where there had been previously just communities, small communities. There wasn't a a civilizational foundation, really. Um, They were on Earth, 5000 B.C. There had been, you know, small little villages and communities. Um, And so this was – so what Ram's job was, really, with Sita um, supporting that effort – was to set up the institutions, the institutions of justice, the institutions of governance. He was a king. And her job was to, to instill in the, in the human psyche, really, this love for the natural world mm-hmm. because they foresaw a time when man was beginning to divorce himself from the natural world, mm-hmm. seeking control over it,
6: mm-hmm.
3: and it would undergo threats. The forest would diminish. The forest foods would, would diminish. Animal life would not have the same freedom. It, it would it would be in danger. And so Sita, who was so earthbound, you know, she knew all the plants, she knew the animals, she knew the forest, um, um, wanted to protect that as civilization developed. So they set a foundation seeing what was to come that would help for him, it was to help Preserve this sense of dharma, which is a sense of, of righteous righteous behavior, righteous action, and for her it was to, to instill the sense of love for the natural world and love for humanity, and and that was their work was larger than that. But in a nutshell, I think that kind of sums up with mm-hmm. the essence of what they sought uh, to do while they were on earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: and you <laughs> in these past life memories, you were a devoted servant of Sita. I mean so devoted. Yeah. You loved her so deeply. I mean, I could just feel it in the words you wrote in this book, the love between the two of you. And um, and tell us what what yugas are and what yuga they were in and what was forthcoming.
3: So, you know, in the Western world, we also talk about ages, the Bronze Age, right. the Iron Age. But that is judged based on... Um, what archaeologists have found out about the kind of tools that people used and the kind of how sophisticated their life was in India, they talk about yugas, uh, and there are four yugas, just like we have this, the four ages in the West. But the yugas are based not on the sophistication of, of society, but on the sophistication of the knowledge. Mm. Did they understand the workings of the universe? Uh, and the the Rishis had tremendous uh, mathematical knowledge. And they could determine the movement of time as they observed the movement of the stars. So, you know, for example, they knew that the Earth was round. They knew that the Earth moved around uh, the sun. This was thousands of years BC,
1: uh-huh. and yet
3: you have in the Middle Ages people having totally lost that knowledge. Right. They calculated that that the the, the um, number 108 has had special significance, and that the distance from the Earth the moon was 108 times the diameter of the moon, and the distance between the Earth and the sun was 108 times the diameter. So they calculated many things without the instruments that we have today. Mm. So how did they do this? They had a very deep intuitive knowledge which aligned them with universal principles. So they intuitively knew many of the um, operations. They They knew how magnetism worked, how electricity worked. So there was, yet yeah, and yet they didn't have big cities, they didn't have the same kind of civilization that we have today, uh-huh. um, because they lived within the, within the bounds of nature. Yes. So they took no more than they needed. So it was a society that was in harmony with the natural laws, uh-huh. and that was, that was the foundation of how they lived. Uh-huh. There was no thought of exceeding the boundaries of what nature could provide, uh-huh. and there was no thought that they were higher than the rest of the natural world. They were one of the many elements. Yeah. So in the Indian context, that was a higher a higher way of being. Yes. Whereas we would look at that as being less developed. Because yes. they didn't have automobiles and they didn't have all, all those other things. So they were looking at the inner development, whereas we judge things by the outer development.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Now what's happened to us is that we've taken outer development to the extreme, to the limit. Yeah. And so we, you know, we, the earth is not going to survive much more of the kind of development that we've been fostering. Mm-hmm. So the challenge for us now is how do, we, how do we turn our gaze within and focus on the inner development so that we'll have the wisdom to use the technologies that we now have.
1: Yeah. yeah, and they foresaw that because that's what you talked about in the story. Yes. They foresaw yes. this timing, and they, in fact, they nailed it. I mean, they really did. You could tell how deep their intuitive awareness uh, 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 of the knowledge of the universe of how things worked of how uh, yugas changed and what happened in the development of the forthcoming ages
2: you you know Dina one of the things that interests me in listening um, to the story and and reading the book is this idea that has come about uh, from a lot of different directions that earth itself is like a, a library you know, that all of the, just as we go internally, there is the internal spirit of the earth. The, it's like a repository for everything we need to know. It's reflected in nature, etc. And our turning away from nature uh, is ultimately very destructive for us.
3: It's so vital. I mean... In this time, there were so many natural medicines and mm-hmm. herbs for every ailment. They could find something, mm-hmm. and new ones were coming, and it was it was all evolving. But she was intuitively attuned to know which plants would address certain, certain ailments. Recently, I was I was in the Himalayas not long ago, and one of the the, the teachers up there said he had he had uh, documented all of the herbal medicines years ago, and so many of them are now gone.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah.
3: What are we doing to ourselves? Yeah. We're destroying the very things that we, that sustain, sustain life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. right.
1: All for this materialistic uh, money, power over control over um, progress that we call progress. When you were describing in the book those times, and, uh, and it, was, it was such a delicious read for me because to me, Dina, that was heaven. That's heaven on earth. That's what yeah. we could yeah. be. We could be living that way and still have progress that's in accordance with the natural laws and be, exactly. be yeah. happy, healthy, peaceful, loving people that are thriving. And, 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 it, it, you know, it's, it, and in some ways, it's heartbreaking how we're destroying ourselves in the name of money and progress.
3: I mean, if money bought happiness, we wouldn't have an opioid problem in right. this country. Right. We wouldn't have rash of suicides in, in places like Japan and in Korea among young people. Yes. So, so um, it, you know, I mean, clearly, there's this this uh, society that we've created, consumer society of getting people to want more and more, is not creating happiness. Um, and and so. What what was the gift to me is as I was writing this book over a period of several years I was living in that world and I thought to myself, every society has memory of this. This is in the collective memory. Mm-hmm. This is there was a Garden of Eden. Yes. There was a Garden of Eden where people lived in harmony with the natural and the natural world provided. Yes. They didn't need to to, to um to have agriculture because there was a, enough in the forest.
1: Yes, of course. Because there were
3: wild grains. There were so many varieties of wild grains and wild vegetables and nuts and berries and fruits.
1: And it, that, was, it was that, all – I'm going to stop you there. we got to take a break. But it was all provided. That's what we, yeah. we get. And we're going to explore more of that when we come back. Stay tuned.
4: Ask your local natural health retailer about Plus CBD Oil products by CB Sciences today. Follow us on Facebook and learn more at PlusCBDOil.com.
0: For most of us, the New Year's resolution to lose those extra pounds turns to frustration when the weight bounces back no matter how many calories you cut or how many protein meals you eat. The shocking truth is it's not your fault. The amazing effect of Bio-PH is that it buffers and removes the acid in your body that causes you to gain weight. Make your weight loss program work with clinically proven Power-PH. For more information and to order, go to powersofph.com. That's powersofph.com. Breathe deep, smile, and pay it forward. Conscious Talk Radio. Dance floor
5: is open, come on everyone, let's shake it.
7: You're young at heart, let's keep it that way. Stay feeling young with Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract, designed specifically to help support and strengthen your cardiovascular system as you age. Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract was founded on scientific research and has been the subject of more than 800 research studies over the last 45 years, revealing its significant cardiovascular benefits.
5: Exploring new territory every day. This is Alternative Talk 1150.
1: And welcome back. Thanks for being with us here today and tuning in. And the word tuning in, I mean tuning inward. Tuning in not only to this radio show, but tuning in to yourself, to your higher self, to that part of you that knows, knows everything where all your answers are, because they are not, as you know, having listened to this show, they're not outside of you. And we bring you experts and people all of the time that are doing this work and that are connected and today is no different we're here with Dina Miriam she's incredibly connected to the divine mother energy which you know Rob and I that is who we are in service to and who we call forth all the time and you you are if you're listening to the show you're familiar with her energy because she's with us all of the time so Dina compare Sita if you will for us with the Divine Mother, is she a, re- a reincarnation or what is this?
3: She's considered to be um, an incarnation, a human form of the Divine Mother mm-hmm. who took birth for a very specific purpose to help guide um, humanity during a time of transition. Mm-hmm. And her, she's, considered, she's considered a baby, mm-hmm. a goddess. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just as um, in India, she's one of the most central figures, even though. It's an interesting situation because she lived in the pre-patriarchal period. There was a pre-patriarchal period. Right. Um, And, you know, at that time in India, there were women rishis, there were women teachers, uh, women wrote part of the sacred scriptures, the Vedas, um, and women did amazing things. uh, And and some of those stories are actually in in the book. Um, And and Sita herself had great powers. Um, But... In the, the telling of the story over the centuries and millennia, some things were added. And one of the things that was added, because in the story Sita is kidnapped by a, 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 a fierce um, ruler, a, a demonic uh, a figure, um, and, and a war is, Rama starts a war and, Kong, and brings her back. And when she gets back to Ayodhya, the, the people demand that she be banished for having stayed in another man's kingdom for a year. Mm. Now, now scholars know that the whole meter of that part of the end part of the story is different from the rest of the story, mm-hmm. and so it was clearly added. And my question is, why? Yes. Why did they have to add that part of the story mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. that
3: Rom had to banish her? Mm-hmm. Um, because. You know, today, a lot of people look at that and say, well, what kind of king was he, he was supposed to be upholding dharma when he banishes his wife who he loved so much? And so, you know, I I, I look at it in a very different way and say that at the end of her life, Sita retreated to the forest to raise her children so they would grow up in the forest mm-hmm. and that she would oversee their education. Mm-hmm. But she was, she was never separated from mom. He visited her, she visited him. Mm-hmm. And it's very important to remember that there was a time... Um, i mean people think of Ram as as an expression of the higher masculine qualities yes and see it as the as the kind of fully developed feminine qualities mm-hmm. which were in total harmony with each other mm-hmm. now we've come to a point of such a distortion of the masculine and the feminine yes that it's hard to recollect <laughs> what those higher qualities were mm-hmm. and and how they worked in 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 support of each other mm-hmm. um and and I think that's one of the main points is to try to get us beyond this period where the genders are not in in harmony with each other, and there's not a deep understanding of what the higher expressions of the masculine and the
6: feminine are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, it's interesting. One of the discussions that we have often is kind of looking at how um, the bodies on this planet are starting to evolve, and and in a lot of ways with the youngest generations, uh, the male and the female are starting to look similar. Um, That's right. Yeah, That's right. and and so we, in a way, get it, you know, that this is a way of the balance of the rest it's, because it's how we learn on this level. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. we actually have to see it. So does that, that make sense to you?
3: <laughs> yes, it does. I mean, I think that... But ultimately, we each have a masculine and feminine within us right. that we, you know, you're born in a certain body because certain qualities you have to work on. Right. Um, but in your next birth, you may be born in the, as the opposite judge, depending on what your, what your uh, choice is and what you need to learn.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, and I think what we're seeing now is, um, you know, sometime, some kind of coming together. Uh, a, a unification of, mm-hmm. of the genders,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
3: and maybe that's to help us overcome all this distortion yes. that we've experienced for actually for millennia.
1: Oh yes, and and because of that, forgotten so much uh, yeah. of the knowledge that we we possess and how to access that knowledge well the story is the untold story of Sita an empowering tale for our time I highly recommend you read it folks it's an incredible read you're going to get the comparisons with then and now and we're going to go just a little deeper with it when we come back stay tuned you're
4: listening to conscious talk While summer is the absolute best time for swimming, cookouts, and much anticipated vacations, it's the worst time to endure the pain and embarrassment of unexpected gas and bloating. Bloating oftentimes isn't triggered by how much food you eat, but rather what you eat. Some foods are difficult for your body to break down, and those undigested particles pass into the colon and produce uncomfortable gas bubbles that make your stomach swell and bloat and can even lead to weight gain. Enter your summertime savior, Dr. O'Hara's award-winning probiotics, an exclusive formula of prebiotics, probiotics, and postbiotics. This probiotic powerhouse helps your body break down food that is challenging to digest, so gas and bloating are significantly minimized. Dr. O'Hara's probiotics are available in convenient blister packs, perfect for traveling. Discover the Dr. O'Hara difference for yourself this summer. Look for Dr. O'Hara's probiotics at Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, Sprouts, and other fine natural health retailers nationwide. Also
5: available online. Click your heels together three times. Now you know you're not in Kansas anymore. You're listening to Conscious Talk. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back. Yes, if you have
2: just joined us, this is Conscious Talk. And uh, today's guest is Dina Merriam. She is the author of The Untold Story of Sita, uh, which is an empowering tale for our time, even though it's an ancient story that Sita is uh, an ancient entity that we've been learning about um, from India. And uh, Dina, we've been looking for parallels Mm -hmm. um, because that's really, uh, uh, well, I've got to imagine that's why you wrote this story. Is that yeah? Yeah. So we have a lot to learn, and we're looking for the parallels to our modern times. What about things like climate change, or what about the disasters that we're going through? What did she learn that's actually helpful for us?
3: Well, I think that, that, Everything that comes to us as an individual is for our learning and awakening. And often we can see that in our individual lives when we go through a difficult time. We, we see that we grow, grow through that. You know, we develop patience or surrender, a deeper understanding of ourselves, or, or if it's another person, a deeper understanding. And so if you're a reflective person, you can see how struggles strengthen you. Now, on a collective level, as we go as a human society, as, as a country, and then as a human community, as we go through challenges, it's the same thing. We're meant to awaken and, and to learn something. And, 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 and I, you know, it becomes obvious that humanity learns very slowly, mm-hmm. and so these things come back and back. I remember when we had uh, the hurricane in Louisiana. I think it was Katrina. I, I was sitting with someone at the U.N. who who's focusing on climate change, and this was many years ago, and he said to me, you know, unfortunately, uh, I think the U.S. is going to have to have several more hurricanes before they wake up mm-hmm. to the reality mm-hmm. of climate change. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, then when we had Sandy here in New York, I said, okay, this is really going to wake people up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We keep having hurricanes, and then we had 500 tornadoes in one week in the Midwest, and yes. I thought, wow. That would wake can, us up. <laughs> yeah, you know we have the beaching of the whales. We have the beaching of the dolphins. Right. We have mm-hmm. what's happening to the insects. It's like mm-hmm. we keep getting knocked on the head, knocked on the cat head, mm-hmm. and and life goes on. You know, and it, you know there's a story in the paper, and then we continue business as usual. So <laughs> at, at some point we're going to reach like a dead end. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, you can't go any further. Yeah. You know, um, uh, uh, at what point that is? So I mean, the reason why all of us are working so hard at what we're doing. You know, on radio and 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 uh, in books and writing and speaking, is to try to wake us up yes. um, more quickly so that we can really shift direction. And I think that I think that remembering, even by reading this book, just getting a taste of what life is like when there was a deep love and appreciation of the natural world
6: mm-hmm. and,
3: and when the men and the women worked to support each other in, in, a, in, a, in a much more harmonious way, I think that that can give us a vision of the future. One of the most important, I work a lot with young people, young people in their 20s and 30s working in the field of ecology, and I say to them, you have to create a vision for the future. It, mm-hmm. It's not going to just automatically manifest. Right. right? you have to create the thought forms. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to um, create the foundational, you know, principles of the kind of world that we, we are the creators of our world. Nobody creates it
1: for us. Right. We do it. Yep. It's so important. And I, I love that you're working with young people because they are our future. They truly are. And when we can reach those young minds and illuminate those minds and open those hearts, uh, you know, miracles can unfold and and they can unfold quite easily when and, you know, Rob used the word learn. And I used to I like to use the word remember who we are to re- yes. remember. Right. We already know it's buried deep, deep, deep. But if we're willing to go in and and have the deep desire to to remember it comes forward for us,
2: yeah, but I think the thing one of the things that we've also talked about recently in this remembering is that uh, you know the phrase about you can't solve a problem at the same level of consciousness that that okay. you created yeah. it with. Yeah. We're starting to learn what that means because um, dealing with the young people, I remember when I was younger, and, uh, you know, don't trust anyone over 30. It was kind <laughs> yeah, of the yeah. thing. And yeah. uh, it, 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 the way that you language did about how they need to create their own thought forms, well, they are doing it, but they keep getting judged by our standards. And okay. we have to kind of let that go because it is their right. world. Right. Yes. And trust in that—that that that's part of evolution.
1: And and what are you finding out working with these young people? Are they hopeful? Are they open? Are they willing? Or are
2: they freaking out? Yeah,
1: <laughs> there's, there's they're holding both energies. So there's a sense of if yeah. we've worked with all around
3: the world, young people I and and they're really on the same wavelength. Whether you go to Africa, the Middle mm-hmm. East, Latin America, mm-hmm. um, Europe, Asia, they're on the same wavelength. And these are young people who are working. In the in different fields of ecology,
1: mm-hmm. you
3: know, preserving coral, preserving forests, working on water, and there's a deep sense of sadness mm-hmm. at what they see—a yeah. deep, deep sadness—and mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and often, you know, their tears around mm-hmm. what they see happening. Mm-hmm. But also, they are so empowered and have a sense that they can make a difference and that they really can create something new. Mm-hmm. And for, for them, a, a lot of it is around community, yes. building networks uh, with each other and supporting each other. Um, and we've lost, in my generation, we really lost community.
1: Oh, yeah. You know, our society
3: is not, is not built around community. No. Um, and and, and then there was, some, you know, my generation, our generation, Made efforts, you know, but but uh, many people just then fell into the to the making a living and yep. right. and you know
1: making money right.
2: Right. bigger better faster well and more. perhaps some of it is timing that the timing we I think were timing. yeah I
3: think
1: mm-hmm. that, yeah
3: ground was broken but these right. young people now can go much deeper and yes. and um, many of them have a spiritual practice and understand mm. that that they need this spiritual practice to help keep them from burnout and to help give them insight uh, and, and with the visioning process of the kind of society they want to create. Yes.
1: What Rob and I have experienced from our spiritual work that we do, which we do every day, is that without that deep spiritual rudder, um, for myself, I would fall into deep despair. And I think a lot of our deep despair and depression today, while some of it is you know, brain activity or neuro- neurological. I think a lot of it is the deep, deep, deep sadness that people aren't really in touch with to that degree, but it just creates that despair to where they want to completely numb out and and yeah. not and yeah. not feel anything because if they did, they would they would explode in grief.
7: <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, I think also the food so divorced from, I mean, we think it yes. was the water people are drinking, the food oh. people are eating. Oh, yeah. It, there's yeah. so much toxin yeah. in people's system now yep. that I'm sure that contributes to. Oh, uh, to, absolutely.
1: Uh, absolutely. We're being poisoned. You know, Rob and I, we never hear anybody talk about what we call chemtrails up in the air. But these are being oh, done yeah, all I over the world that. now. Yeah,
2: right. And,
1: and <laughs> we have no idea what is really being done in the air up there. And it all comes down and hits Mother Earth and hits us and the yeah, animals. You and-
2: notice when you see a BBC story about someplace else in the world, because we don't get enough of those from our media, um, you still mm. see them in the sky yeah, everywhere. everywhere. So, so the, the oh, planet everywhere. is it's polluted. Yeah. yeah, the and, poisoning and, that's
1: happened. Right, the happening.
3: and they're
2: trying is... to solve a problem at the wrong level. Yeah. You, never, know? It never well, you
1: <laughs> notice
3: people talking about sending human communities to Mars
1: because the Earth is right. to yes.
3: well, I was like, what kind of response is that? Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> I, said, I said in my prayer one morning to Divine Mother, I said, um, please, Mother, let's not... Go and destroy another planet. Let's wake up first before we claim something else. Right, it sounds like we can do it. with reverence and the sacredness that we really are.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because
1: otherwise we're going to go trash another place. Yeah, it oh, sounds
2: we'll like the old. Oh,
3: absolutely.
1: are there, getting all their
3: right. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, exactly. Absolutely. It's a,
2: it's a, we, we are living through the worst of the <laughs> uh, science fiction stories of <laughs> aliens coming to our planet. Yeah. So um, yeah. at any rate, uh, folks, this uh, there are so many parallels yes. and so much to learn and so much to contemplate. It's a wonderful book. The Untold Story of CETA, An Empowering Tale for Our Time by Dina Merriam.
1: And Dina, do you have a website we can refer everyone to? I do. So the Global Peace Initiative of Women,
3: and the, and the website is gpiw.org. Okay. Okay. Um, and so you can find us there. And my book is on Amazon. Uh, you can get it on Kindle or on paperback.
1: Well, thank you so, so much for the work oh, you're Brandy doing. Rob, it was a pleasure talking to you. It's a pleasure with you too, my dear. God bless. And folks, God bless you. Have a beautiful day. We'll see all of you next time right here on Conscious Talk.
0: What if you could be your own healer? Well, you can unleash your natural healing abilities with the AIM program of Energetic Balancing. To learn more about energetic self-healing, you can order the Novel Sanctuary today by calling 877-500-3622 or request a free AIM information kit. Call 877-500-3622 or visit energeticmatrix.com. Unleash your natural self-healing abilities with the AIM program of Energetic Balancing. You're listening to Conscious Talk, the mother of all balms. Now, don't you feel better?